0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a thousand dollars savings plan deposit for sixth through twelfth graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org/register.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, and powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Broncos got a jump on tomorrow begins the legal tampering period, which, for those who don't know, is a 48-hour window leading up to the opening of the new league year, which is Wednesday, that allows teams to negotiate with outside free agents without it being quote unquote tampering Broncos kind of got a jump on the whole free agency thing. The dominoes started falling today, Zach multiple moves. I think the most noteworthy though, is who they kind of have decided to let hit the bricks in many ways. And that is Deontay Spencer and Schlote dog, Austin Schlote,man friend of the show. Listen, Deontay Spencer is a good dude, but he was wholly
3: replaceable. He was, to me, the definition of a jag. Just another guy. You know, he was better than Isaiah McKenzie, and I feel like the Broncos overcompensated for McKenzie's constant fumbles. Deontay held on to the ball. He just never really did anything with it. People treated him like he was the second coming of Devin Hester. Far from that. I love the fact that Nathaniel Hackett and the new special teams coordinator, Dwayne Stukes recognizes uh, they can do a lot better there. I think they ranked dead last in the NFL in punt return average in 2021, like 16 yards of return, something like that. Just a pretty bad number. Uh, I- I'm glad about that. And also, Sh- Shlopman... Good guy to have on the interior, but is it a guy that you have to have? No. The Broncos are aiming higher. I think they want to be uh, a big, physical, beefy offensive line. They recognize they got to put the best five out there and the best backups out there to protect Russell Wilson. And, obviously, Schlopman didn't make the cut. So, so far, so good uh, with these moves.
1: It's possible a guy like Schlopman could be re-signed, but they're going to let him test. Maybe they don't know what his – maybe they're not sure the Broncos – What's his value at this point to us? Well, let's let the market dictate perhaps what his value is. Or it could even be, Zach, a matter of, you know, the Schlopman camp is asking for this much. Broncos kind of value it at this much. It's too big of a gap. So they're going to go ahead and let the market dictate which one of them is more right. And they could always circle back and still kind of rekindle things. That's a lot kind of what happened with Kareem Jackson last year. But I'm going to tell you, Zach, I was a little bit surprised. To see Schlotman be one of those two guys, they opted to kind of let hit the hit the uh, free agent market only because he kind of projects well as a brainiac, smaller ish, athletic, better moving laterally than f- straight forward in a phone booth type of offensive interior lineman guy for uh, Nathaniel Hackett's wide zone. Like he kind of fits that mold, so it kind of surprised me to see them say, "Nah, thanks, but no thanks, Schlot dog." Here's the thing, though. Schloeman was a Munchak guy, and Munchak True. is no longer
3: the O line coach. So every yep. coach is uh, has their favorites; they want their own guys. And maybe Butch Berry, the new OL coach, uh, doesn't see it in Schloeman. So maybe he'll relend, uh, you know, uh, resurface with the Broncos, end up with them once more. But uh, I feel like that's a guy they can easily find, either on the
1: open market or in the draft. He, yeah, we heard. Who shan't be named? Yes, indeed. Tom Brady, psych. Pulled a farve on everybody, uh, which, you know, we were keeping our fingers crossed, Zach, that it was a real retirement. But you and I both had a feeling in our uh, gut that this dude was uh, just kicking back. Kind of had been one-upped by having his I'm retiring news leaked by Adam Schefter. That kind of got to him. Is this him just getting back at Adam Schefter, or is this dude still yearning and burning to play football?
3: Well, I love everyone saying, oh, my God, wow, on Twitter, like acting surprised. Were you supposed to be surprised that he unretired? It was the most transparent unretirement of all time. Everyone expected this, at least I did for sure. Well, to be fair to Brady, though, he was playing at a pretty high level before he decided to walk away. And I think that's part of it, knowing that uh, he could always contend as long as he's playing at that level on that team, even if they lose a couple of their pieces. Um, and also, yeah, to be spiteful. I would never put that past Brady. He loves playing like social media mind games and being cryptic and doing this and that and being at the forefront of every storyline. He's very much Aaron Rodgers in that he's all about himself in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I could see him spiting Schefter and uh, getting back at those reports and doing things on his own time. But that's Brady for you.
1: Hey, shout out to the, the folks in the community who got into the room early, started creating a conversation, our great moderator – Dylan, of course, presiding, but shout out to Kathy Lund, Dave Millage. I'm seeing uh, Mile High Mike, Alfonso jumping in early. Dale Fleming jumping in early. This is great stuff. Bronco Fan 99 really bringing it early. Chance Davis, very cool to see. And James Hyatt, what's good, Big Dog? Yes, indeed. Bright days or brighter days are soon uh, to come. They're right around the corner. Zach, let's talk about the deals the Broncos handed out today. In case y'all missed it, uh, I almost forgot his name, Andrew Beck. How could I? Fullback, tight end, going to be a restricted free agent. The Broncos said, nah, we don't want to do a tender. Let's just negotiate on a one-year deal. He's re-signed and similarly was poised to be a restricted free agent, Calvin Anderson, the offensive tackle. They're like, nah, let's just negotiate. Resigned. His deal, the details I saw, Zach, um, one year, two and a half, worth up to two and a half million, but it's really a one-year, one and a half million dollar deal. If he hits all of his his escalators and whatnot, it could be worth up to 2.5. But that's the Broncos just filling a couple of small little holes. But maybe the Anderson hole isn't as small as maybe his NFL resume would lead you to believe. I mean, they don't have, the Broncos, a starting right tackle until today. Like if they had to play football tomorrow, that's your starting right tackle. I wonder, you know,
3: to your point, if this means that Bobby Massey is not coming back, would they really bring back two holdover tackles? I don't know. Calvin looked decent. I mean, when given the opportunity, he wasn't all world by any means, but I think that's uh, someone you can build around and maybe Barry saw something in him. The Beck re-signing, kind of surprising because he was very much uh, forgotten about and discounted in the Broncos tight end room. Fullbacks at Dying Breed in the NFL as well. But you bring him back, you have Albert O. Suddenly, tight end is not that serious of a need for Denver. Everyone's talking about, oh, use the 64th pick on a tight end. You have to address that. They are pretty high on Albert O after trading Noah Fitt in the Seattle deal. Maybe bring back um, the blocking tight end. I forgot his name. Sobber, there you go. Yeah, I mean, just bring back a couple players like that. You have Beck, who has versatility. But I feel like he can be, talking about the West Coast system, it makes me think of the Niners in this day and age, when they have Kyle Mm -hmm. Juszczyk, Juszczyk, he can, I'm not saying he's gonna be that, but maybe he can serve that role. If he can help out the offense, he can help out the running game with Javante, maybe catch a couple passes out of the backfield. It's exciting because it makes me feel like Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outon have a plan for Andrew Beck. And I want to see what they can do with that plan unfolding.
1: All right, Zach. Let's uh let's say hello to Tim Jones and on Facebook real quick. What's good, Tim? Thanks for being with us, big dog. He wants to know can we trade Bradley Chubb and bring in Chandler Jones and Vaughn Miller, you could trade Bradley Chubb, Zach, but the plausibility—how realistic it would be to trade Chubb and then bring in both Jones and Miller—I mean, you'd really be stretching the bounds of the plausible. Yeah, this isn't Madden. That's one of those questions where we can we can answer with those three words. Uh, you do that
3: in Madden, a video game. I don't think that's all that practical in real life. It's going to be one or the other. And from what I'm hearing, Chad Chandler Jones is the Broncos' biggest target. In free agency, which starts pretty much uh, a couple hours tomorrow. They're going to go hard after an edge guy, and maybe more so than Vaughn. They're targeting Chandler, which would be a tremendous get for George Payton, furthering what's already a playoff uh, caliber division ready
1: to challenge the Chiefs
3: roster. Um,
1: yeah. By the way, Albert... Yeah, Tom Brady himself on Twitter announced he's coming back. He's not retired.
3: Chad, real I, quick, I had a kind of a, I just lost my train of thought and I got it back. Yeah. About, you know, I wouldn't take from one. I mean, you're talking about trading a, a, a penciled in starter and Chubb to maybe re-sign two more. The problem with that is. You don't have any longevity there because neither Chandler nor Vaughn are long-term building blocks. They're great right now and in the afterglow of the prime of their careers, but they're not guys that are going to be there for 10, 15 years. Maybe Chubb blossoms into that. That's what you have to hope for. So it's
1: not all that realistic. It's one or the other. The Broncos need him to blossom. That's for dang sure. Talking about long, Tom Brady's long in the tooth. And look, here's what he said. All right. These past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. Love my teammates, and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in in Tampa. That's not your 23rd season in Tampa. Anyway, I'm just being an editorial <laughs> D word. Unfinished business, let's freaking go, says Tom. Listen, dude. Uh, curse the football gods, by the way, Arthur, good to see you across the pond in Deutschland. Thank you for being with us, my friend. But yeah, Tom's coming back guys. Uh, the bucks are going to continue to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC, but guess what? That's not our problem. Broncos have Russell Wilson and AFC, which is still the stronger conference. In my opinion, just got a whole heck of a lot stronger.
3: He, I mean, didn't he, when he retired, uh, cite his family as the sole motivation for him walking away, wanting to spend more family time? Suddenly, a few months later, they're supportive of his decision to go back. It strikes me as Tom wanting the spotlight back on him. He couldn't deal with the fact that everyone was talking about Aaron Rodgers, now Russell Wilson in Denver. But you know what, Tom? You can say LFG all you want. You can come back for your 23rd season. It's not going to dampen my excitement and my literal enthusiasm about the Russell Wilson trade. That's what my sights set on right now, and that's what I'm focused on. And I think every Broncos fan, forget Tampa Bay. Like Chad said, it's not our problem. They're in the NFC. Broncos in the AFC. They're about to compete for the AFC title, as far as I'm
1: concerned. So when we actually published the thumbnail and title of this podcast, it was for players that the Broncos had brought back for 2022, but now it's five. So the Broncos re-signed Calvin Anderson, the tackle, and Andrew Beck, the fullback, um, tight end. And then, Zach, they tendered three guys, which I know you just had the story for us. Tell everybody who they also tendered.
3: Well, no surprise here. Exclusive rights, free agents, uh, three of them so far. I mean, the news is still coming out. Uh, Brett Rippon, quarterback. Uh, Jonas Griffith, linebacker, came over uh, from trade from San Francisco last year, played pretty well, and as you can see, safety P.J. Locke, a special teams guy, kind of a jag, but Rippon is interesting. He's the only quarterback from the last regime to return under the Hackett regime. They traded Drew Locke in the Seattle deal. They let Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to walk on the open market, but Rippon returns. Doesn't have much upside, but he's a pretty good coach on the sideline. He could be the backup to Russell Wilson because Rippon is a veteran now. It's weird to say, but he actually is. Uh came in the NFL in 2019. The good thing about Russ, except for last year, the dude is an iron man. You don't have to worry too much about him missing time. Maybe, I put this on Twitter, a quarterback depth chart comprised of Russell, Brett Rippon, and a day three rookie like Caleb Ellaby. I would be on board with that.
1: Yeah, I could get behind that. And all the Rippon truthers from that week four road win against the New York Jets uh, in, was that 20. 20- no, that was 2020. We're like, nah, Ripon's gonna outlast Locke in Denver. Turns out he did. So congrats to those truthers. But yeah, Jonas Griffith, that was matter of course. All right. He was so good down the stretch that that, that was happening. Locke, PJ Locke. You know, I'm not quite sure what the allure is. He's very feisty defensive back, kind of a jack of all, master of none type. Hey, bring them in. Let them compete. See what's what. No, uh, no guarantees here. Brett Rippen though is a little bit interesting, um, just because it's like, hey, as you said, this is a different regime, Zach. And they're thinking, they're thinking they like Rippon. I mean, maybe they're just bringing Rippon back simply, Zach, as he's the uh, worst possible. He's our worst case scenario contingency if Russ goes down but I still think they're going to go out and sign somebody. I don't think they're going to go into the, into the draft or the season, let alone um, with only Brett Rippon as the failsafe behind Russell Wilson. I don't know. Maybe we disagree a little there. I just think they're going to copy Seattle and they
3: had Geno Smith as Russell Wilson's backup. And and Russell has been again, an iron man. He had a streak of, Oh, I don't know, 123, 134 consecutive games before that throwing hand injury. So you plug him in there and you're set and Rippin. If you have the offense and the coaching and the play calling, you can get by if, God forbid, Russ goes down. So I wouldn't really want the Broncos to invest more money in the quarterback position. You're already going to have to re-sign Russell to a new contract. Brett Rippon, the good thing about tendering him, his deal is going to be for one year and like under a million dollars because he was a former UDFA. That's
1: pennies. I mean, less than pennies for a backup quarterback. I think I'm content there. All right, guys, real quick, before we keep going any further, I want to give everybody an update on where things stand on the Bronco jersey contest on YouTube. For our Super Chat superstars this month, the top five finishers, that's a cumulative finish, meaning those who have contributed the most, those five names go into a hat, pull one out randomly. They get a Broncos jersey of their uh, choosing. And the same five, Zach, are – in the top five from when last we were with you. That's the DWI guys at one. DW, that's Dale across the uh, the Pacific anyway in Hawaii. The Duchess, Michaela at three. Jeremy the Black Knight at four. And then Mark from Georgia uh, at five. And then a few of the names just to let you know outside the top five. G Hill, Najal Taf, Chris Hernandez, Kayaka, Nash the Fifth, Smith Corona. And then as far as our Facebook goal, we're trying to hit 250,000 stars this month. When we do, same thing. We're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing, and only those who contributed to the goal are in the, the running for that. And we are at 44% to goal, so we're on pace. And a lot of that is in thanks to David Wilder, one of our great supporters on Facebook. It's great to see you, my friend. He says uh, the most important thing we can do to improve special teams is go get a good return guy. Yes, indeed, Zach. And there are some options out there better than Deontay Spencer. They already did make the the biggest move, and that was firing Tom McMahon
3: because he was the the culprit each and every year. The players change, the results never change, and that's coaching, coaching, coaching. But yeah, I mean, again, Deontay was wholly replaceable. He was the definition of a jag to me. And whoever Dwayne Stook signs off on, I think we're going to see an upgrade in field position. We're going to see an upgrade on productivity. They ranked dead last, I mean, by a wide margin in kickoff and punt return average, whoever they get uh, to replace Deontay. Uh, on that side of the ball is going to do pretty well. And I had Drew Hollenbeck, uh, a great viewer of the podcast chat. He he mentioned a good uh, player on Twitter to fill that role, Tariq Cohen. Former mm-hmm. Bears running back going to be a free agent. That would solve the Broncos running back need if they don't bring back Melvin Gordon, nice third, third guy to have. And also he has speed if he's healthy on punt return. So I'd be on board with that. Good call, Drew.
1: Also, a guy that George Payton's going to be pretty familiar with from his time in Minnesota, scouting, of course, and staying on top of what's going on in the NFC North. Uh, Chad Beach jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, on Facebook. He says, Good evening, Priest. If we end up getting Lyle Collins, would he fit in our offensive scheme that we'll be running? I'm just wondering on that. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Thank you, buddy. I don't know if he's the most uh, nimble on his feet right tackle in the NFL. Big dude. Um, I think he could pull it off, especially as the right tackle. That is more often than not going to be your power side, but still at power, meaning that's the side where, pardon me, you want to uh, make sure your right guard and your right tackle are kind of the two strongest dudes on the offensive line, but you're going to be moving laterally a lot. And for the right tackle, when a lot of the runs are going to be going that way, strong side, he doesn't have as far to traverse Zach laterally on those wide zone moves uh, or runs, I should say. So, You know, I'm not 100% certain it would be the, the very best scheme fit, but I don't think it would be him coming in any kind of detriment to the scheme. I mean, Lyle Collins is a very talented, competent, and versatile NFL lineman.
3: Yeah, I just dropped the article. I wrote kind of a column where I'm calling for the Broncos to trade for Lyle Collins, give up a day three pick to Dallas as a counterpunch to what the Chargers did, which is acquire Khalil Mack to pair with Joey Bosa. The number one priority, the most imperative thing the Broncos have to do is placate Russell Wilson by any means possible. And by placate, I mean, keep him freaking upright. Number one, that's the goal. Lyle Collins, you know, Scheme fit's important, this and that, but I feel like, Chad, if you can play, you can play, and that will come out on the field, and he graded out last year. I know the injuries, and that's something to keep in mind. Thankfully, the Broncos have Calvin Anderson coming back to uh, represent a little insurance, but Lyle Collins graded out as a third-best run blocker in the NFL, according to PFF last year. He also had a solid pass-blocking grade. He is a monster I he mean, six four, three twenty. He can play guard as well, left or right tackle. God forbid something happens to Garrett Bowles. I'm all for that, Chad. You take on his contract. It's pretty much for a right tackle. It's it's actually fair market value. I'd be that's the number one move, the trade that I want George Payton to make.
1: Let me tell you, as someone who has interviewed Lyle Collins back when he was a prospect coming out at the Senior Bowl in 2015, you stand next to this man, you feel like you're about this big. He is enormous. Andrew Baker with an update for little Axel. Appreciate you letting us know, my friend. He says, thanks, MHH community for the prayers. I even got support in the DMs. Axel, that's his son, was a rock star getting released in one day when it was supposed to be four days. Much love. This is so good to hear, my friend. And I knew this is what we would hear. I had zero doubt in that. So great, great development. Give him our best. Tell him he's he's a little stud. And uh, we can't wait to hear his thoughts on the podcast one of these days. All right. <laughs> um, also, a nice little Zach. Uh, this is true. Diamond Rattler. Tom Brady got in one argument with his wife and said, I'm going back to work. You know, a big part of it is it's kind of like Talladega Nights. Ricky Bobby, when he hits the big time and he gets interviewed for the first time and he keeps putting his hands up. And the guy goes, put your hand. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know. Well, it's like that for when you're high. Um, anyone who's if I mean, a lot of people are this way. Me, for example, Zach, you and I have a weird job where, you know, we don't go in and punch a clock and, you know, it's nine. All right, we're in, punch the clock out at five, and then we live our lives. What's a clock? Our, our job is literally 24-7. And so for me, uh, and it's similar for pro players, right? They're constantly in their playbook, even in the off season. They're constantly keeping their bodies in shape and all this. And then for when you're used to that, like for Tom Brady for 23 years – All of a sudden, you remove that from the equation, and it's it's um it's almost like you grieve the loss. Something's missing in your life, and it can create a little bit of a depression. And I know just for me, like next week, going on taking my kids on vacation, my whole family we're going on vacation, and there is a small part of me, all right, that in many ways dreads it just because. It takes me out of my comfort zone of working my butt off doing what we do here every single day, Zach, even though I know it's good for my family. It's probably dang good for me to break away a little bit here and there, but magnify that times whatever for Tom Brady.
3: FOMO is a hell of a drug. It it really is. (laughs) I experienced the same thing, Chad, with the rare times I'm not on the podcast. Um, But I really don't care enough about Tom Brady or a situation to really speculate on why he's coming back. I think maybe if you do want to speculate, it could have been a little premature that he wanted to walk away. And then getting it spoiled by Adam Schefter really stuck in his craw. He had a statement right after that where he strongly disputed it. And I just Everyone knew he was coming back, but someone pointed out in the comments a good um, observation. He never had a formal retirement press conference. You'd think a quarterback like Tom Brady would have a presser, but no, that right. never happened. So maybe the Bucks knew all along that Brady was
1: coming back. If so, I, I just stupid hijinks, <laughs> Russell you know. Wilson, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, Travis Weber. <clears throat> pardon me, Big T. Also, I'm, I got a message, a DM. Someone saying that uh, having a hard time super chatting on YouTube. I don't know. That's outside of our control, guys. So if you're having any problems super chatting on YouTube, thanks for the effort, and you know we'll we'll get you on the next one. But thank you very much. Uh, Travis Weber says, uh, "Hope you all had a great weekend. Do you see Denver trying for Chandler Jones? Oh yes. Since it sounded more and more that Vaughn isn't, and are we bringing back Jewel or Johnson or neither? Um, It feels like the pendulum Zach has swung toward Chandler Jones in terms of the buzz." we're picking up uh, for the Broncos. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, Von Miller had a nice playoff run for the Rams, but his regular season production was about what it had been the last two or three years in Denver, where I'm not going to say it was forgettable. Don't, I don't want to minimize it and and be too uh, hyperbolic here, Zach, but it wasn't that high impact game changing type of uh, impact that you're used to seeing from Von Miller. Whereas you look at Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones is a one year mercenary guy now. But when he signs that one year deal as a mercenary and he brings his weapons and he shows up with his, you know, his uh, rucksack ready to go to war, you know, you're going to get production out of him. He's going to give you double digit sacks. So if the Broncos want to err on the side of which one's going to give us the bigger bang for the buck, I think just right now in this stage of their careers, it's probably Chandler Jones, although. I'm not going to, uh, if Von Miller has any interest whatsoever in coming back to Denver, that's definitely something that I would want to explore. And I'm sure the Broncos will, but that's still a big if. We're going to get some answers on that front, though, this week, Zach.
3: I mean, I've been called a Vaughn Miller hate, hater lately because I said, you know, I, I would take him back if it's reasonable, but I'm not breaking the bank $20 million or so on Vaughn. And i want to point out once again, there's a reason George Payton traded him. I understand he traded him to a a title contender. It was a good trade for both sides, everyone involved. But there's a reason why the Broncos wanted to move on. And Chandler Jones, except for 2020, dating back like six or seven seasons, has had at least 10 sacks every year. He's good for at least 10 sacks. He's good against the run. I just feel like it's a little more of what a gyro Ajiro. I'm going to forever call him Ajiro. I do not care. Ajiro Evero uh, wants to do on defense. And don't forget, Evero saw Chandler Jones twice with the Rams playing the uh, Cardinals in the NFC West. That is my guy right now. And I feel like you can get Chandler for a couple million cheaper than Vaughn. And all the uh, breadcrumbs are indicating it's not Vaughn who's the 1A, it's Chandler who's the 1A. And uh, be a big get for Peyton.
1: On this subject, Black Knight, Jeremy, he's wanting to know, could the Broncos trade up in the first round if an OT falls? That's an interesting question. Let me put a pin in that because he also wanted to know if I saw his DM in which he says, Vaughn really wants to come back to Denver. Well, I'm looking at the DM, and it's a screenshot of Vaughn on Twitch, Vaughn's channel, and he has a stream scheduled for tomorrow, March 13th at 7 p.m. We don't know necessarily what the – context of that stream is going to be i don't know if that how that could mean that he's coming back to denver you'll have to explain that one a little bit more to me jeremy
3: is it on the pat mcafee show
1: (laughs) not on the (laughs) pat mcafee show uh the duchess from the top rope showing that i guess super chat it's still working just fine on youtube love you appreciate you and if i'm not mistaken
0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.
1: Hold on. What? What's, let me see. I'm trying to get my, okay, so Michaela is next week on the 23rd. We cannot wait. We cannot wait. We're looking forward to that uh love you thank you so much michaela she says who do you guys think we'll draft in the second round also we should create a poll for our record this year mhh forever we'll get a poll going on youtube so uh everyone can participate in that we can get one going on facebook but we'll probably do it in one of the groups we have to be a little bit more selective what we put on the page itself um but zach who do you think or what do you think the broncos are going after in the second round
3: it depends what they do before that. You know, are they going to fill edge with Chandler Jones or Von Miller? Because that would eliminate that pressing need at 64. Are they going to uh, bring in Lyle Collins at right tackle? Because that would eliminate that need. Wh- whatever they don't fill with a premium player on the open market, they're going to attack in, in the draft. I don't see tight end. I could maybe see cornerback, as surprising as that is, inside linebacker, um, something along those lines. I'd be surprised if it was a tight end or a safety. Um, whatever they don't do again, though, I think they're going to fill that spot. I know it's not a, a flashy answer, not, not much substance there, but it really uh, is predicated on what they do in free agency and, and the trade market.
1: Albert says that's why Brady came back less competition in the NFC. Now that Wilson's gone could very well be Um back to uh, what Jeremy said about trading up back into the first round. If a tackle falls, I could see it happening, Jeremy, but as Zach said, you know, the philosophies of NFL teams, it's one thing is kind of, um, you know, it's part of the, it's kind of a monoculture, and that is free agency. You use free agency to fill the pressing needs, to fill the biggest holes on your roster, freeing you up somewhat so that when you get to the NFL draft, it's not that you you don't draft with some sort of need motive at all. It's just that you're no longer going to fill those, Temptations, perhaps, to reach. You can kind of kick back. We got this whole field. We got this whole field. Let the draft come to you. Not be as anxious for this guy that you know would be the right fit. And we've got this huge hole we still haven't filled yet. It just kind of frees teams up, takes some pressure off them. All teams, all right, draft based on some sort of need motive. Uh, But the best draft artists in the NFL, all right, the best GMs, they kind of balance that with the BPA thing. There's, there's the best of both worlds I think is, is what the Broncos really have done pretty well dating back to John Elway uh, rejoining the front office or joining the front office in 2011. But George Payton last year, I mean phenomenal draft class. I have little doubt Zach this year. He's going to follow it up with another very solid contribution to the Broncos.
3: And to answer the second question, 17 and O until proven otherwise 17 and O baby, let's get it.
1: Let's. Let us okay. Um, I'm going to scroll through here. We don't have Scott with us this evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because he's uh, he had a family thing going on, and it's all good. We said take care of business, handle handle what you got to handle, be there for the fam. He'll be back tomorrow, no doubt. Um, Teddy, people are asking what about Teddy Bridgewater, Zach, coming in as your true stopgap this time. You're not bringing Teddy in. Mm-mm. uh to to start or any kind of competition facade there's a lot of reasons why no there's one big note reason for me but explain that to people what is the upside Why spend million, it's going to cost you at least a couple million, three,
3: four million for Teddy when Brett Rippon is pretty much the same quarterback and at least he's younger. At least there's some developmental upside. There is nothing left with Teddy. He showed you who he was last year. And after two brain injuries, Chad, he should walk away from the NFL, not come back to the Broncos. No, you have to move on. You have to cut all ties from the Fangio era, the Shermer era, the forgettable dark ages and come into the light. Move on from Teddy. No.
1: Plus, look, Russell Wilson is a bona fide stud, won a Super Bowl, nine-time Pro Bowler. He's not going to have any problems uh, gaining support in the locker room. But one thing you want to avoid is the potential for creating any sort of who is our alpha in the locker room and where Teddy was the alpha last year. like He was the guy as much as some of us in uh, media and fans didn't like that the Broncos went that direction. As soon as they did, one of the reasons perhaps motivating them to do so was just the way the that Teddy came in there and basically just everyone coalesced around him and he kind of commanded the leadership thing. So you don't want to bring him in and, you know, uh, too many cooks ruin the, the broth type thing. You bring in a guy who is new to Denver but has some starting experience like an Andy Dalton, that's just a name I'm throwing out there, not a guy I'm pining for, but a guy like that that can go out there and give you that plausible one or two-game uh, you know, starting capability if you need him to keep the ship afloat while a guy like Wilson, if he bangs up a thumb or whatever, uh, can lick his wounds. Michael Ronquillo, though, Zach, Actually, you, you have something to say. I,
3: I just wanted to say, like, Teddy had the temperament that was acceptable for Grandpa Vic and half-baked Pat Shermer. I don't think Teddy's temperament coalesces with that of Nathaniel Hackett, who's literally bouncing off the walls. Yep. I, I, if if Teddy was free, I wouldn't bring him back. Put it that way.
1: Michael says when K.J. Hamler's healthy, he could be a special teams returner. He could, and he's definitely got that um, – that short area of speed and burst, and just all the things. I mean, at Penn State, in fact, if I remember right, Zach, that one play we heard uh, from that Vic Fangio kept rewinding back and back at Penn State and then would clock it himself on his own little stopwatch. Uh, it was a punt return that he took, like, you know, 80 yards to the house or something like that, where he was able to get up a full uh, head of steam, so to speak. Problem is, how important is he to your offense? Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. That's going to be your top three, but Zach, if you turn on a Russell Wilson highlight reel all right, from his time with the Seattle Seahawks, a lot of those plays you're going to see is him bombing it deep over the top to a smaller, kind of slight, but speed demon type wide receiver like a Tyler Lockett. Guys like that that can burn through the secondary, get over the top, and then he would drop it in the bucket. Sutton's a you know, he's more of a 50-50 ball guy. Like, you put it up there, back shoulder, uh, you know, he'll go up and get it. Tim Patrick, similar, but more of a possession guy. Neither one of those guys, Zach, is going to just blow by a secondary. K.J. Hamler can. Jerry Judy can, actually. I can see Jerry Judy catching a lot of long balls with Russell Wilson. So then you got to go, all right, if those two guys are our two kind of plausible vertical speed threats in the passing offense, how much do we really want to risk K.J. Hamler, who is, if he's proven anything as a pro, it's that he's injury prone. All right. I hate saying that, but it is what it is to the attrition and risk, Zach, of returning punts and kicks.
3: If we're comparing Seahawks receivers, I think Jerry Judy is going to be the Tyler Lockett and K.J. Hamler has a lot of Doug Baldwin in him. You mentioned the deep threat, taking the top off the defense. If you actually throw him the ball like Drew Locke did in the Minnesota game, Um, he can be explosive, obviously, but Michael, the only issue of your comment I take umbrage with is you said when healthy, I don't want to presuppose that he's coming off a serious, serious knee injury. KJ Hamler is, he has to prove it's if he's healthy, not when he's healthy. And I hope to God he is because he can be a real threat for this offense and be something they don't have in the other receivers like mentioned, Chad, but, um, he had a long way to go from that. And that, that, was, uh, something to, uh, worth monitoring going forward.
1: One of our great supporters on Facebook, Clayton Heron, wants to know, best free agents, what are your thoughts? Um, well, if we if we get back to the positions of need, <clears throat> pardon me, we've already touched on one, and that's Chandler Jones. I think he just makes too much sense. Vaughn Miller's another guy that I want to keep in the conversation until he's not. And, Jeremy, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe there's a little something, something. Uh, oh, wait, he's saying, no, he's talking about a Broncos game. All right, let me look at this again. Broncos game recap. Well, I don't know, dude, because today Broncos game recap. Okay, yeah. And then tomorrow talk shows Vaughn and Theo podcast live, 5 p.m. to 645. I don't know. You could be right, dude. There could be something there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But besides Jones, besides Vaughn, Zach, We've got Lyle Collins makes a lot of sense as, but he's not a free agent, right? You're going to have to make a trade if you can compete with other potential suitors for that. Dennis Kelly would be another right tackle candidate. It's a free agent that I would actually really be down for the Broncos to go pursue. Even Bobby Massey. I wouldn't hate bringing back, but is there anyone else out there? Free agent from the need positions. Let's remove yeah. bro- original Bronco guys. Let's only talk about outside guys for Clayton that you really like? I know you like that linebacker from Green Bay.
3: Yeah, Devondre Campbell. There's Jordan Hicks. There's Bobby Wagner. Um, I like uh, Ryan Jensen, the center. He might be coming back now that Brady's unretiring, but um, there's Brandon Scher from the Commanders. He's going to be a free agent more than likely. There's a lot of guys out there I would love for the Broncos to sign, but at the top of my wish list, I got to say it doesn't make me a Vaughn hater. It makes me a Chandler pro guy. I I love Chandler Jones' game, and I feel like he'd be excellent on this defense. That's my number one guy, but um, there's a chance. You mentioned Lyle Collins, and you said if they have to trade for him. Reportedly, if they can't get a pick back, they are going to cut him. So it could be a case where the Broncos can sign Lyle off the uh, open market, and that would be a coup as well. There's a lot of talent out there, and I hope George Payton gets aggressive, stays aggressive, and really bolsters this roster.
1: All right, we've got Alfonso jumping in with a very sweet super chat. Thank you my friend Alfonso you the man, big dog. He says, "Hey guys, super stoked for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos to come to town and play the Chargers this year. Heck yeah, I mean to this day, man, Chargers home games look like a Bronco home game. Like it's embarrassing to this day, even in that massive LA market, Zach. But yeah. Double A Alfonso Aranz- Aranzazu, I don't know. Sorry if I butchered the pronunciation, my friend, but <clears throat> happy days are here again. It's the salad days, like from Raising Arizona. You guys remember that movie? There's Those games are going to be like
3: epic. I mean, the, the Chargers are going to be really aggressive in getting to the Super Bowl under Brandon Staley. I heard a rumor they were targeting J.C. Jackson, the cornerback. I mean, they're going to shore up every major defensive need they have, and they're going to bolster that offense. They already got Khalil Mack to pair with Joey Bosa. That's pretty, uh, you know... Uh, scary for any quarterback in the West, but yeah, it's going to be exciting again. We're not going to have to hope the Broncos offense can limp through a game with impotence. They're going to have confidence in the Broncos offense to put points on the board and go toe to toe with Justin Herbert. Can't wait for those games.
1: Can't, can't wait. I'm purple drink. Good to see you, my friend. We need to get this page out there on Twitch. He says the YouTube chat is popping. Yeah, it always is. But Jeremy has the explanation for you right here. The YouTube and Facebook popping off. You know, Twitch is kind of new to MHH. It's about two years old. We're not experts on Twitch. Like Zach and I, we know YouTube. Zach and I are experts on Facebook. All right. But uh, Twitch, it's kind of still a wild west in terms of, you know, Twitch as a platform, Zach, they still don't know do we want to cater only to the uh, video game streamers or do we want to make this a live stream slash podcast live show platform for everybody. And I received an email from one of their higher ups unsolicited, by the way, they reached out to me um, during the football season saying, Chad, please keep doing what you're doing. We love what you guys are doing. We're trying to get as many uh, NFL media and sports media and this type of these podcasts onto our platform. Please keep doing what you're doing. But Zach, I don't like to invest my time into Twitch and this is no offense to our Twitch audience because they make it so hard on the creator, on the publisher, uh, to actually profit from the content and the people you're bringing into Twitch. They make it very convoluted, very difficult. Um, and so we we stick with what we know in terms of where we put our energy, Zach, and that's Facebook, that's YouTube, uh, and that that's Twitter a little bit, but we don't really focus our efforts on streaming Twitter. It's more stream, Facebook, YouTube. Fortunately, we do have Jeremy to kind of guide us and give us Heck advice. yeah. Um, it, a lot of people don't know
3: that not just because you have a following or whatever a sub count, that means it's rich revenue or it's profitable page views or otherwise. A lot of people don't know that Twitter is a really bad income stream. It's good for, yeah, it's good for your own personal brand, not good for making money. So Jeremy, we appreciate anything you can do to, uh, show us the ways of the Twitch verse. So we're
1: calling it. All right. Got the main, might, might, might as well. 43 minutes. Uh, Albert saying, hey, let's bring Chad Kelly. There's another quarterback we let go to a different team. What's he's Chad a, Kelly up to, Swag? He's
3: in the, he's in the CFL, I believe. Three Broncos, three former Broncos quarterbacks are either in the USFL. It might be the USFL, but I think it's the CFL. Or did Paxton go to the CFL? I just I, – I thought I forgot these names. This is all PTSD recurring for me, but one of those two.
1: All right, so Chad Kelly, according to Wiki. I'll, I'll tell you where he's at right now, Albert. Uh." He is a uh, – let's see. Chad Kelly is an American football quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL, played college ball at Clemson and Ole Miss. Mr. Irrelevant for these Denver Broncos back in 2017, right? wonder how the vacuums are in Canada. Beware, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, G Hill. Wow, dude. Thank you for that very generous super big dog. You've been so consistent lately hey, let us give you a little thank you for your support and shoot us an email with your T-shirt size and shipping address and let us send you out a little something-something as a thank you. He says, what's up, guys? I'm ready for the season to start. Just want to say subscribe, like, and share. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, buddy. Seriously, means a lot to us, big dog. Yeah, and if you have a comment, question, concern,
3: let us know in the comments. We'll be sure to read it out. Thank you, G.
1: Uh, Travis Weber's trying to jog memories here for helping Albert, uh, Trevor Simeon, Brandon Allen. Nah, nah.
3: Russell Wilson. Let's let's keep it there.
1: Yeah. Um, Ron Dub, legendary, uh, super chat superstar. You getting ready. get ready. Yes, sir. Sharpen your pencil, dude. That's here true. we go. Ron Dub says, "Hey guys, in your opinion, which Denver defensive back will have the most interceptions next year, and then which wideout has the most approved?" this year, Jerry Judy for show, for show dude, Jerry Judy, highest drafted wide receiver in Denver Broncos history. Didn't score a touchdown in year two. Now look in year two, he had an injury that kept him out nearly half the season. So there is context to explaining why Judy's second year was so forgettable. But when he was on the field, Zach, he was a relative non-factor in terms of, Splash plays that affect the game. I mean, he still got his in terms of he had a few very productive games, catching passes from Teddy in particular. He and Teddy kind of had a thing, but that got interrupted when he got hurt so early on in the season and then missed so much time. But I'll answer that. Uh, it's got to be uh, Jerry Judy as the wide receiver.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, defensive back, I'm going PS2. I am all on the Patrick Sertan hype train. I think for sure he's going to be a pro bowler, if not all pro. Uh, To Evero's credit, he coaxed a really solid season. I I, I think his name is Darius Williams, the cornerback from the Rams. He made him into a star. I think he's going to do the same with PS2, take that next step forward. He might lead the league in picks. That's how high I think of him. So for sure, I'm going PS2, and I do agree, Jerry Judy. Who's going to do more this year, Chad, thankfully, than run fake jet sweeps 100 times a
1: game? Hallelujah. G Hill again. Thank you, bro. How many times... Teddy gets sacked in 2021. Well, let me let me look that up. I'll tell you, Ambar. Okay. <laughs> if you if you want to know, let's see if it. Uh, pro Football Reference. He was sacked 31 times last season, and that was in 14 starts. In 15 starts, the year prior for Carolina, he was also sacked 31 times. So, 31 sacks. There you have it. Um. Oh, you want to clarify this for people? This is a good opportunity. You should probably tell people what's up with that.
3: Yes, guys, I am a hundred percent Broncos. I am no longer covering the Cowboys. My sole commitment is to the Broncos and uh makes me happy. I hope it makes you guys happy as well. I appreciate you asking uh uh Kev, but no longer
1: Cowboys for me. He's like, Yeah, dude, I'm ready to go one hundred percent Broncos. I'm like, let's do it, bro. It's and it's very right weird for
3: me. I can't I can't deny it. Can't deny it what's in my heart, Chad.
1: Heck yeah, dude. And it comes out in the wash that way. Michael's stoked for Russ. Let's go. Amen. Um, guys, we are about out of time. Yeah, Purple drank for... Uh, what was that, Zach? So we've left CBS 24-7 July of 19. Yep. So up until the... Uh, so th- from July, August of 19 to February of 22, Zach also covered the Dallas Cowboys for heavy.com, but no longer. I'm just uh, happy to be back to my original
3: home Chad. on here with these podcasts with you and uh, writing Broncos content. It's so exciting right now to cover the Broncos with Russell Wilson. This is the year it's happening for anyone who remembers that podcast. It's happening.
1: (laughs) That's right. What was that prom night? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we, uh, we might get out here a little bit early tonight. Let me circle back real quick and see. Uh, there were,
3: and no, yeah. no, JD. I'm uh, not an over, undercover Cowboys fan. No relation to Dallas. No relation to the Cowboys. They paid the bills. That's all I'll say.
1: It was it was a job, guys. Um, oh, here's what I wanted to uh, bring up real quick. Um, so Dalton Reisner, you know his uh, draft mates in 2019 were Noah Fant and Drew Locke, right? Those were the Broncos' first three picks in the 2019 draft. Well, of course he's excited for Russell Wilson coming into town. And one of the first things Russ did after the trade was consummated was got on a FaceTime both with his wideouts and with his offensive line. And uh, Reisner detailed that conversation and how that went to the Nick and Cecil show on 104.3 The Fan. But he also made it clear, Zach, that he was – it was a little bit bittersweet. Um, And I want to read this quote that he – provided to the fan and get your take on this real quick here's what dalton said quote you guys asked me what it was like when i first got the news yesterday one it was awesome you hear about a guy like russell wilson not only a great quarterback nine-time pro bowler but an amazing dude off the field an amazing representation of a man husband father teammate all that good stuff i'm also going to miss my boys noah shelby and drew i know it's a part of the business but especially drew and noah They were a part of that draft class with me, so I'm going to miss those boys, and I know they're going to have a lot of success in their careers, close quote.
3: I mean, yeah, if it's like when you go through school with with friends from middle school to high school, from high school to college, what have you, you, you end up forming a bond and it, it, it deepens your friendship. So I'm not surprised that Reisner said that. It's actually pretty classy of Reisner to uh, acknowledge the players on the way out because everyone's excited about Russell and, and, and much of it deserved, all of it deserved actually. But uh, there is also three players that are exiting and uh, two once highly thought-after players, another in Shelby Harris, who's been a really underrated starter for Denver for quite a while. So I appreciate Reisner saying that. And truthfully, though, he's lucky he wasn't part of that deal. But that's, a,
1: that's another story. The Bugmeister jumping in. <clears throat> pardon me with a super chat. Thank you, Bug. He says, so excited to see Wilson throwing it up to Cortland Sutton. The PIs he will get this year will be Crazy. Yeah, I think Cortland Sutton. Like if, when we get asked the question, who stands to benefit the most from the arrival of Russell Wilson? I think Cortland Sutton first and foremost is the guy at the at the beginning of the line there. But really, it's everybody that catches passes and touches the ball on offense, and that includes Javante Williams. Who Great. you know today, in fact, I uh, while I was doing some busy work, I had a clip pulled up of a few of Javante's big runs as a rookie, and it's just like, man, this dude is just fit to be tied like he is ready to just be the man and i think the broncos are going to make him the man i think melvin gordon i mean you never never say never it is the nfl but he's going to be looking for a little bit more money and a little bit more in terms of promises of what his role is going to be than i think the broncos are prepared to offer him on either count because javante is the truth and he's going to benefit big time too zach from russ I
3: think that's an, a storyline that no one's talking about right now. Obviously, the Broncos are loaded at receiver and tight end with Alberto, but who is the best running back, would you say? It's an obvious answer. Russell Wilson ever played for with in Seattle, played with in Seattle. That would be Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. And who is the guy that's drawn comparisons to Marshawn Lynch? That would be Javante Williams. Otherwise, Wilson had the likes of what Alex Collins and Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. They're not as good as Javante is. He is going to be a thousand yard guy. The Broncos are going to be a top five offense and they're going to put points on the board. I literally cannot wait to see you said it best, Chad. Anyone who touches the ball, not just receiver, but every player in the offense, they're going to blossom, take not just one step forward, three steps forward. Can't wait.
1: Can't wait. And guys, guess what? Tomorrow when we come back, all right, um, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, Huddle Up podcast, we're going to have a lot to discuss because the legal tampering period will open. There are going to be deals happening like crazy tomorrow. So be prepared for that. It's going to be a gas. You're going to get Broncos for breakfast on the bright with Nick and Scott. But for now, yes, indeed, Nathan, the Broncos won the exclusive rights to Zach Kelberman. In the Zach in the Kelberman Bowl by defeating Dallas. That's absolutely true. Uh, but for now, we're going to dip on out of here a little bit early. Um, Nash the Fifth, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Good evening. I'm excited to see how KJ is going to do with Wilson in this West Coast offense. KJ, get healthy, dude. Get on the field because Russell Wilson's deep ball is chef's kiss. I mean, it's boom, right in the pocket, right in the bucket, baby. It's going to be so fun.
3: But again, though, I hate to be a wet blanket Briefly, it won't matter if the Broncos can't keep Wilson upright. They can't protect him. They got to address right tackle. They have to swing for the fences, and they have to fortify that position. But that is going to do it for the Huddle Up podcast. Great conversation tonight, guys. Appreciate everyone tuning in on this beautiful Sunday before free agency. And it seems like it starts and ends every, earlier and earlier every year, doesn't it, Chad? The legal tampering period really starts at the combine, and deals get made. And by Wednesday, the new league year, everything's over. But in the meantime, until tomorrow, guys, follow us on Twitter at Pod, you can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't, if you want a hat like Chad's wearing, if you want a shirt like Chad's wearing, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself some merch right there. That's our tent pole store, HuddleUpPod.com. And also don't forget Facebook.com slash Like that page, follow that page. If you haven't, please guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be the very hat that Chad's wearing each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share. Not just this video, but every video you see on the MHA channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: That it does. And Kathy, and those of you asking about what's going on with Vegas, we'll have some announcements to reveal on that front this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Before I go on vacation at the end of the week. So I'll be on premises all week. We'll be rocking and rolling. Then I'm going to be gone Saturday through Thursday. Thursday, I believe, so I will be missing all of next week um, with the exception of, I'm going to see if I can still make the Wednesday night show because is going to be on. But you know what? I'll put a pin in that for a second because I might want to reach out to Michaela in a selfish way and see if she would maybe want to come on a different day because I don't want to risk not being on the show when she's on the show. That would be a bummer for me, okay? I'll tackle that later, but uh, shout out to these great supporters on Facebook who threw down tonight to help support the content, help support Zach and I, keep the lights on here at MHH. Uh, Andrew Baker, so stoked to hear everything good uh, with Axel in his quick, quick recovery. Uh, Tabitha, Nathan, Travis, Wyatt, love y'all, appreciate you ya, each and every one of you. Um, and then our super chat superstars: the Duchess, Alfonso, G Hill, Ron Dub, the Bugmeister, and Nash the Fifth. Thank you. Shout out to Dylan. For help moderating. I mean, we get spammed with stupid stuff. I don't want to say it because then it gets the podcast flag. Dylan's on top of that. Plus, he's helping keep the conversation going. He's reminding everybody smash like, share the content out there, all those little things. It goes a long way, you guys. So as Zach said, we'll, uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. Take care, guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. And
3: as always, go Broncos
2: you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join bronco's country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore the biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies